Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Well, I don't know about you guys, but for me, my favorite part of the year is Christmas time. Is there anybody with me on that? Yeah? Okay. I think first service liked Christmas a little bit better, but that's all right. We- Christmas is my favorite time of the year. I love Christmas time. I love the music. I love the, you know, Christmas is the only time that Jesus gets in everywhere on the sneak. You know what I'm saying? They're playing worship music in the malls. They're playing worship music everywhere that you go. It doesn't matter. Uh, the, the name of Jesus is being lifted up in the Christmas season. So I, I just love it. But today we're beginning our, our series, our Christmas series titled The Promise. And what we're going to be looking at today is, is literally the, the greatest promise made in the Old Testament is being fulfilled right here in the stories that we're going to be reading uh, over, this, uh, over this season. And so we're very excited about this because I believe that God has made many promises. And how many of you know if God makes a promise, it always comes to fulfillment? And today... I want to specifically focus on how God actually brings his promise to fulfillment. And did you know how God brings his promises to fulfillment? With his people. The way that God works is that he makes a promise and then he uses his people to accomplish it. Now, he doesn't need to do that. God could do it on his own. He doesn't need any of us. But God chooses to cooperate with his people and to use them to see the kingdom of God advance. He uses them to see the impossible things that he has promised come to fruition. And so I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to be able to be a part of of things that are impossible, miracles and signs and wonders and seeing lives change. I'm I'm excited about being a part of that. Are you with me on that? Amen. Amen. Today I want to look at I want to look at what it what it looks like to actually receive a call from God. And not just to receive a call from God, but to receive a call with joy. You know, I was uh, I was this week I, I had a conversation and I'm I'm gonna read the text in just a minute, but I wanna I wanna set this up for us. This week I, I had a conversation with someone and uh, what happened was uh, they were prophesied over, uh, which means that someone uh, heard from the Lord and, and really gave them a word of encouragement and, and spoke something over their life. And um, they, they came to me and they said, Pastor David, I got to talk to you. I said, okay, great. So we came and we started talking and uh, she just began to bawl. And she's like, Pastor David, they prophesied over me and they said all these incredible things about what I'm going to be doing. And they said that I'm going to be operating in this and that this is the kind of authority that I carry and that this is the kind of things that I'm going to be able to walk into. And this is the th- kind of things that I'm going to be able to do. And she said, and I just don't, I don't see that. That That's not... That's not who I am. I mean, I, I look at people that, are, you know, are in ministry and I see that they can do those sorts of things, but I don't, not me, and I, I don't know if, if this is, I don't know what to do with this. And she was just overwhelmed because how many of you know sometimes when God puts a call on your life, it's pretty heavy. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes God puts a call on your life that is, that is sometimes overwhelming. But today, I want to read a passage about a woman 
who received a call, but she didn't just receive the call, she received a call with joy. Because, you know, it's one thing to receive a call, kind of like, you know, when I ask my, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when I ask my kids to do something, they say, okay. <laughs> or then there's other times where they say, yeah, I'd love to do that. I'm excited about the opportunity. Those are two totally different responses. And today, I believe that God wants to give you joy as you fulfill the call that is on your life. And so I want to look at what does that look like. So let's read this passage together. It's um, in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. We'll read this together. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. A descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and you will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Praise the Lord. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? That's a good question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Praise the Lord. I am the servant of the Lord, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Today, I want to talk about how to receive your call with joy. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you that you are in our midst right now, and that the call of God goes beyond what we can imagine, what we could possibly dream up for ourselves. And so, Lord, right now, I just pray for open hearts, and I pray, oh God, Lord, that you would soften the areas that we have hardened, oh God, against what you would have for us. I pray, oh God, Lord, that, that we would today, that the lies that we might have believed about ourselves or about what is possible, Lord, that those lies from the enemy, I pray that they would be crushed in the name of Jesus today before we leave this place. I pray, oh God, Lord, that you would, oh God, shine your light in our hearts that we might see the goodness of the Lord and we might recognize and receive the promise that you have for us. So God, open up our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. You know, this, I, I love this passage and my heart for you today is that you would receive the call that God has on your life. I believe that God has a call on every single person in this room and that there's not one person that is left out. 
So I want you to do, I did this with first service. I want you to do this. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a call. Okay, now turn to the next person and say, I have a call. All right, you said it. You said it. I know I kind of tricked you, but you did say it. So verse, let's look at verse 28 together. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Why would she be greatly troubled when this angel said you're favored? Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. You know, the first part that I believe is, is critically important to us being able to operate in the call that God has on our life is first of all, to receive the favor of God. You know, as Mary was, was listening and she was taking this in, one of the, what, what happened basically was that she's like, wait a second, favored, are, are you sure you're talking to the right person? But God said, no, no, I, I know who I was talking to and I didn't make a mistake, you are favored. So, you know, every believer is favored. Did you know that? Amen. And did you know that when I was preparing this sermon, I knew that you were gonna say amen to that. Here's the thing, there's a big difference between saying amen and walking in something. When we receive favor, something changes in our life. Here's the deal, you know, I don't think that anyone in the room would argue, if, you've, if, you're, if you're a believer in Jesus and you've put your faith in Jesus and you've been following Jesus, I don't think that anyone in this room would, would disagree with me that we are saved by grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, right? So what is salvation? It's a gift. It's something that God gives to us. The reality is, is that there was something interesting that I found as I'm studying this passage. You see, the word favor in this passage is charis in the Greek. And for you Greek scholars out there, you know that charis is the, is the root word that is found in grace in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the verse that I just quoted. For by grace you have been saved. So when we see favor in, chap in Luke, what we're looking at is the verb form of grace. In other words, I know you're gonna get this. In other words, you receiving favor is basically grace in action. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have received the favor of God. Some people define grace as God's unmerited favor. So here's the thing. The problem is, is that oftentimes in our society, we say, well, you know what? I, I, I know I receive grace. Uh, you know, I receive that by faith and I don't do anything for that. I can't work for my salvation. But then when it comes to favor, we say, well, there's some people that are favorites. 
And we exclude ourselves from the favor of God. But here's the, here's the bottom line. If you don't receive favor from God, you're going to look for favor from someone else. If you don't receive the favor and the affirmation of the Father, then you're going to try to find it somewhere else. It's important that you understand that the favor of God is a part of your salvation. Jesus went to the cross and he died so that you could be favored by God. Grace is the application of, excuse me, favor is the application of grace. Praise the Lord, Pastor David. That's such a good word. Amen. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. That's a different sermon for a different time. But, you know, I know that this is, this is something that's hard to receive sometimes. Because you might not feel favored. But can I just tell you, stop basing your reality on how you feel. The Bible says you are favored. You know what, Mary? She was like, wait a second. I'm not sure about this. The angel says, Mary, chill. You're favored. That's the, the, the David Stevens version. You're favored. And you're favored here today. You know, I... That woman that came into my office and she was, she was struggling with that word that, gave, that was given to her. I said, you know, sometimes a prophetic word is given to you and you don't believe, it's so good, you just don't believe that it could be for you. It, it's so big that you don't believe that you can carry it. it. It's so impactful, it's so supernatural that you don't believe that you can accomplish it because you start looking at all the things that you can do or can't do. You start looking at your gift set and all these different things and God says, you know, that's not really how I determine who I give a call to. What I do from heaven is I don't say, well, this person's going to be able to handle this much. I don't know if they'll be able to do this. No. And this person, you know, I just don't like them as much as I like this one. And I think I'm going to just have this one do this. The way that it works is God says, this is the promise that I've made. This is what I want to accomplish. I want you to do it. He doesn't ask questions about your capability or about your financial status or about how, how firm and strong your marriage is or any other stipulation. When God puts a call on your life, the Bible says that the call and the gifts of God are irrevocable. The calling on your life is something that God bestows on you. And the only way that you can receive it is with, if you believe that you have favor. Why? Because the call that is on your life is just so stinking good that you, you have to believe that God really likes you in order to fulfill it. Amen. The call that's on your life is just too good. And if you don't believe that God likes you, you don't believe that God favors you, you'll never be able to walk out the call because you'll start living outside of relationship and you'll start working inside of works and legalism. But if you operate out of a place of relationship, you say, I'm a child of God. I know God told me I'm going to do this. I have no idea. Lord, you, know, you remember I'm a virgin, right? You want me to carry a child? Okay. I won't be afraid. I remember, um, I remember one of the things, and I've got I've to move quickly here because I want to leave us some time to respond. But I remember one time I was sitting... And 
I was sitting next to Pastor Toledo and we were talking and he says, so David, what do you, what do you think God has called, what's, what's, what's the call that's on your life? I was like, I don't really know. I was in Bible school at the time. I'm like, I don't really know. I, I, I know I like the Bible. Um, I hope it's right because I'm studying it for school. But I, I knew I liked that, but I didn't really know what God had for me. And I didn't know. And he's like, well, have you ever, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm not going to be a pastor. My dad was a pastor. I'm like, no, I don't want to be a pastor. I'm good. I don't want to be a pastor because I, I don't have the gift set for that. I, I, there's this reason and that reason and this, that, and the other. And I, and I began to list off for him. I'm like, yeah, I just don't have the, the right makeup for that. That's not who I am. And, and I'll never forget because he looked at me and he's like, no, I think you're going to be a pastor. <laughs> and, and, and from that moment on, it was like a prophetic word that was spoken over me. And all of a sudden, there was a door that was open to me that was closed before. And you know what? This is how you receive a prophetic word. You say, God, does this match what you say in your word? Because God doesn't contradict himself, right? And if it matches that, then you bring it to people. You say, hey, does this resonate with you? Do you feel like this is what God is saying? Older, wiser people that know God. And if, that recon if they recognize it, then, then, you be, then you, what you have to do from that point on is you have to steward what has been spoken over your life. You know, God can make a promise. He can say, this is what you have in store for your life. But if you just sit on the couch and just wait for everything, that's not how it goes. You have to say, God, I believe that you're going to do that. And do like Mary did and said, God, whatever you say. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to happen, but God, whatever you say. So here's the deal. Now that we are willing to receive that we have a call, the question is, okay, so God, uh, how's this gonna go? How's this the whole thing play out? How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The second thing that we have to do we have to receive his power. Listen, this is a simple message. And you know why it's simple? Because God made it simple. He's not looking for us to perform. He's not looking for us to do anything, uh, anything that is beyond what he's asked us. But he does have an expectation that the things that happen in our life, the things that we do are supernatural. And Mary is there, and she's saying, Lord, this doesn't make any sense to me. But if you say, I'll receive your power, and it can happen, then so be it. What did Mary do? What could she do? There is no possible way that Mary could have gotten pregnant. Now, Elizabeth, on the other hand, there's, you know, she was old, but at least she had a husband. Mary, she's a virgin. This is impossible. The only way that a miracle can happen, the only way that you can receive the power that you need to fulfill your call is to just receive. I believe that there's a lie that has been taking place even in our church, and here's what it is. It's that 
you have to do something in order to earn the power of the Holy Spirit. People of God, the Holy Spirit is a promise to every believer. The Holy Spirit is something that God gives to you. In Acts chapter 2, when Jesus told the disciples to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come, he did not say to them, hey guys, um, I want you to wait in Jerusalem and pray and fast until you earn the Holy Spirit. He did not say to them, make sure you grow in your Christian walk so that you can steward the Holy Spirit. He did not say to them, you know, once you get this sin out of your life, then I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. God didn't say any of those things. There was no qualifications. The only thing that he said is he just said, wait and receive. Here's why I believe that many of us, even in this room perhaps, have not received the power of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because we have a mindset that says, I haven't received the power of the Holy Spirit because I haven't worked for it. I haven't done the right things. And so what happens is in our interactions with God, we come to God and we plead with God and we fast and we pray. But did you know that the Bible says that flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit? So when you try to work for something that God says, I give you as a supernatural gift, then what I believe happens is God oftentimes, he says, no, I, I have to, I'm not going to do that because I don't want you to all of a sudden think that you can earn something that's for free. Amen. I don't want you to try to work for something that I'm just willingly going to give you no matter where you're at. Are, are you waiting? Are you beating yourself up because you don't have the Holy Spirit? Are you beating yourself up because you, you've not experienced a certain, uh, a certain set of circumstances and a, an event, a very spiritual event? Can I just let you off the hook? And can I just say to you, enjoy your relationship with Jesus. Don't seek the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Seek the person of the Holy Spirit. The gifts will come. All the gifts will come. I believe that everyone can operate in all the gifts. I believe that. So don't worry about it. It's going to come. Just seek the Holy Spirit. God wants to do it in you. You know, I have a, a real burden for every single person in this room because I believe that God wants to do something incredible in our midst. And every single one of you has a call from God. Every single one of you has a unique part that you are going to play. And the glory of God is going to come through your life in a different way than it's going to come through someone else's life. And we need to see the full manifestation of the glory of God here in our church family. And maybe you're listening from online. We need to see the full manifestation of the glory of Jesus throughout the body of Christ. We can't afford to miss out on one display of God's glory. And so this is so important. It's so important that we just allow ourselves to receive the call that God has on our life. 
And listen, you don't have to, to carry something around and say, oh, woe is me, I have the call of God on my life. That means that I have to live a life of misery and pain. No, incorrect. Salvation, a fruit of the Spirit is joy. God says, I want you to receive this call with supernatural joy. Do you know the kind of rejection that Mary had to experience? Do you know the kind of looks that she had to endure? Do you know the kind of uh, uh, conversations that she had to have? It wasn't easy, but the call of God, it's possible when God is in it. The last thing is this, and then we're going to pray. Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. The final thing that we have to do is, it's simple. Receive the call. This is not a complicated message. It's, it's really simple. We just have to receive what God has spoken over our life. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, but Pastor David, I don't really know what the call of God on my life is. Can I just encourage you? Don't worry. If you don't know what the call of God on your life is, then just do the first two things. Receive God's favor and receive God's power. And as you begin to do that, I promise you that the call of God will become very clear very soon. Just receive what God has for you. Begin to flow in the gifts that God has already given to you. You might not have a 30-year plan. Well, I guess what? I only know of like two people that do, so don't worry about it. God has not called us to know the future. He's called us to be obedient in the present. He's called us to say, I want you to walk in faith and obedience. Sometimes we say, God, you know what? When you give me the power and when you tell me how it's going to go and all that, I will obey. God says, no, you obey and then I'll give you the power and I'll tell you how it's going to go. The way that it works is we take a step of faith and then God backs it up with his supernatural power. And the reason that he does that is because he wants to form a relationship of trust with you. He wants to say, hey, just look, just, just, just take a step of faith and you'll see I won't ever let you down. You know, when my kids jump in the pool, uh, when we go to the, to the pool, I always love to, I, I take one step back further. One step back further and then they just you know, now, now I don't even do it anymore because they're going to break my wrists. But it's like, they just take a run and they jump. But when they first started, it was kind of like they barely got wet, you know. But with God, he's saying, hey, just take a little step further. Because I believe that the call that's on some of your lives, you guys have about 10% of an understanding of what the call on your life is. But God is just waiting. Okay, walk in that 10% and then I'll show you the next part. Because the call of God, it's unfolding. It's bigger than what we can imagine today. It's bigger than what we understand today. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Today, I want us to do this. I want us to say, God, today is not a day of striving. Today is not a day of saying, I'm going to pray so hard that God is going to break through for me. Today is not a day that says, you know what, if I, if I do this and that, and if I say the right thing, then God will listen to me and he'll up, unfold things and, and I'll receive the breakthrough. That's not today. Today is a day to just say, God, I surrender. Your call for me, may I be like Mary and say, may it be 
as you have said. Some of you have received a prophetic call on your life. Someone has said something about you. They've, they've spoken life over you. And that thing, is, that thing is buried in the back. Today, it's time to say, you know what? I need to steward the call of God that's been put on my life. Pull that thing back out. Some of you are so concerned. You're like, I just want to know what God has for my life. Calm down. You just need to calm down and receive God's favor and receive God's power and just do what, you've, what your hand finds to do for today. God will make it clear to you. Keep seeking, just keep asking. He's gonna tell you. Come on, can we lift up our hands and just sing this song as a prayer? For your glory, I will do anything just to see
believe that there's people here that you have shut down the call on your life because it was too good to be true. There was something, it was a dream, it was a call that was maybe too expensive. It was a call that maybe was going to cost you too much or maybe it was just beyond your reach and you didn't think that it was possible. Or maybe today that call has been buried. I just believe that there's people here today and what God wants to do is he wants to raise our vision beyond ourselves, beyond our capabilities to his power, to his promise. Some of you need to know that just like Mary, she was she was pregnant with the call of God. And while she was pregnant, God had already been working on the wise men who were preparing gifts that were going to fund the vision that God had placed inside of her. You need to know that God will raise up people all around the world to fulfill the call that is on your life. Nothing is impossible. Lift your eyes to Jesus. Jesus, right now, we cast down every lie of the devil that says that we're not good enough, that we're not strong enough, Lord, because that's not true. All promises rely on your power, not our ability, not our track record, not our past, not our giftings, not our finances, not our marriage, not our resources. God, you're the one. You're the promise maker and the promise keeper, oh God. The buck stops with you. So Lord, today we look to you and we look and we say, God, here we are, surrendered and available. And Lord, we're asking that you would raise our vision, that you would raise our expectation, and that you would accomplish the call that you have spoken over our lives. We pray for the supernatural power of God to be released onto us, oh God. And we're asking, oh God, Lord, do it in us, oh God. We surrender to you and we accept the call with joy. God, we love you and we give you praise because you deserve it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, lift him up, lift him up.